to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father in heaven, we are grateful, we are thankful. Lord, we thank you for this great opportunity we have to gather in your presence to hear your word. Lord, we pray that your word will come forth and accomplish the purpose for which you send it. We rebuke the birds of the air that steal the word from our hearts. I pray, Lord, that our lives will be transformed, our lives will be changed by the hearing of your word. We shall receive healings in our bodies. Demons will flee from us. Evil spirits will flee from us by the hearing of your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence with us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Please clap your hands together for the Lord and be seated, please. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon I want to share with you or continue to share with you about backsliding. 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 How that we are backsliding and we are preaching against it so that we would develop our staying power. Staying with the Lord, staying with the church, staying with the service of God. And we are preaching from our prophet's book, Backsliding. Develop your staying power. And I've been sharing with you for a few weeks now on this topic. How many of you agree with me that it is very appropriate message, very timely message that we are sharing? It's a message that is very seasonal. Amen. Many people are backsliding. Many people are backsliding. Hallelujah. Now, many people are backsliding. Many people are backsliding. And this is the doing of the enemy. Hallelujah. It is the doing of the enemy. And if we do not rise up, we will move very far from God. Hallelujah. We will move very far from God. You know, in um, Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah chapter 29, look at verse 10. Verse 10. Jeremiah 29 and verse 10. He says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years, after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Amen. You know, yes, we have gone through a pandemic. You know, it is a time of challenge. And we saw that it was indeed a time of challenge that we even gathering to serve the Lord was a challenge. And by the grace of God, he opened up 
a door through the Zoom services, the online services, and we were serving. I believe that when these people were taken to Babylon, it was not an easy time. They could not gather in the house of the Lord to serve the way they would want to. It was a strange land. And Zoom to us was a strange type of church. Are you hearing me? It's not the ideal. The Bible says that we should not forsake the gathering, the assembling of the brethren. Are you hearing me? And that is what traditionally we've been doing. And suddenly there was this pandemic and then we went home. And we were serving the law from home. And it was how many months now? Probably about a year and a half now. Close to two years. Very soon. And just like these people, so after 70 years were accomplished, the Lord says, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this house. In causing you to return to this house. Amen. After the challenge, after the pandemic, I will visit you and cause you to return to this house. And then he says, the next verse says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He says, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. To give you an expected end. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Yes, you have gone through pandemic. You have gone through Zoom services. Now return to this house. Because I have certain thoughts towards you. I have certain plans towards you. You know, I mean, it may have looked like an accident that we lost where we were. And then we happened to be here. Do you know that that church is not, even the temple is not there. They can't hold services there. Since the flood, the place is all destroyed. So, you see, when the Lord is doing something, sometimes we don't understand. But what I have realized is that just listen to the word of God and obey it, and you will see the end result. Today, we look back, and I see, ah, this is what the Lord was doing. And then, I was lamenting over, you know, begging the people, why? You know, we've been with you for so many years. We have never have any trouble and we have had a great relationship and there's now a new pharaoh who doesn't know us and this and that and I'm praying against it and praying about it and begging and so on and so forth not knowing what the Lord was doing but he says I have I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you they are thoughts of peace and not of evil they are never of evil is to give you an expected end. And when you see the end, you will see that this is really an expected end. Amen. I am reading from verse 10, coming down. Are you following? And then he said, the next verse, he says, then shall ye call upon me. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. And I will hearken unto you. That means I will listen to your prayers. And then he said, the next one, he says, and ye shall seek me and find me 
when you shall search me on Zoom, anyhow, when you are sleeping, when you are in your bed, is that what the scripture is saying? Can we all read that scripture? One, two, three, go. Hallelujah. If you are on Zoom, you all ought to read it together. It says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. With all your heart. And I believe you will agree with me that about, I mean, I'm not saying all of you, but the people who, for instance, you don't have your videos on, you know that you, you are in an inappropriate situation. Perhaps you are in bed. Perhaps you are cooking. Perhaps you are eating. Perhaps you are still sleeping. Perhaps you are even at work. It's okay. You can be at work. But whatever the case is, this is not the way to search the Lord with all your heart. This is not the way to search the Lord with all your heart. Are you listening to me? You can't search the Lord with all... You see, when you are in this medium and... You see, when we were all together, you realize that many people... I mean, most of us will rise up, prepare ourselves, dress up, and we are ready. Today, it's not like that because you don't think anyone is looking. But the true worshipers, the ones who are truly, truly worshiping from their their heart and worshiping the Lord, they don't worship so men will see. And I can bet you that when we were singing praise and worship on Zoom, we will all stand and we'll be dancing. And I can guarantee you that not everyone that is on Zoom today was standing and dancing and singing. You see? And when we are in a state like this, we shouldn't feel comfortable. We should consider it a state of backsliding. Are you listening to me? It's a state of backsliding. Whatever the circumstances is, it is not giving us the opportunity to search the Lord with all our hearts. And if you are searching for the Lord with a partial heart or with a part of your heart, it is backsliding. And we should not feel comfortable with that. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, there are circumstances that may preclude you from being here. Do you understand? You see, there are as of, I think, by the end of the month, for most places, most jobs, if you don't have vaccine, you are losing your job. Do you, do you know that? And I just realized there were many people on the job who didn't have the vaccine. And if I were to say that because of the church and the gathering, go and get vaccine so you come here, you will not. But many people who didn't want the vaccine because they are going to lose money, they are going to lose their jobs, they have taken it. And they are getting it. 
So I want to announce to you that any of these healthcare workers who are telling you not to get this, don't do this, don't do that, don't, if they are still working at the place they work, they have deceived you because they have gotten it. That is why they are still there. Otherwise, they will be home from next week or they should be home. If you see they are home, they have lost their jobs, they have quit their jobs, it means they have not taken the vaccine and the advice for you is from their heart and they are not hypocrites. Are you listening to me? I just felt I wanted to chip that in. Amen. So I just want to continue talking about backsliding. And today we want to talk about the psychology of backsliding. The psychology of backsliding. Hallelujah. The psychology of backsliding. So psychology of backsliding deals with the way backsliders think. The mindset of people who are backsliding. When someone is backsliding, when someone is falling away or decelerating from their walk with God, when someone is slowing down in the walk with God, what is the mindset? What are some of the things they think about? This is what we call the psychology of backsliding. Hallelujah. So it deals with the attitudes of a defecting Christian. And the Bible says we should guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Proverbs 4 and 23. So backsliding is one of the issues of life. (laughs) Do you know that? Backsliding is one of the issues of life. The issue of backsliding also comes from the heart. Amen. So any thought in the heart becomes an attitude. That is why you have to be careful with the things that you hear and the things that you begin to think about. When people are saying certain things to you and you begin to, ah, and you're considering it and you're thinking about it, eventually that is going to fall in your heart and it becomes an attitude. Hallelujah. And an attitude becomes an action. And such actions eventually become behavior patterns. Hallelujah. So we want to look at some of the attitudes that form in the hearts of someone who is backsliding. When someone is backsliding, what are some of the things that come in a person's heart? Amen. So the first one, the first attitude is a backslider says, I am not alone. Others are backsliding too. I am not alone. I am not the only one whose video is not on Zoom. I am not alone. There are several of us. Amen. There are several of us. Hallelujah. So that is the attitude of a backslider. And here Bishop says, I have noticed that one of the things we do is to find out who else is in the condition similar to ours. When we are backsliding, when we are doing something that is not good we look for people who are in the same situation like us or people who are doing the same thing and when we get involved in something we also try to take others with us how many of you have realized that 
Whenever we get into some kind of trouble, we try to get others with us. Or we look for more people who have gotten into similar trouble. And even this, we do it even as children. As young children, when they do something wrong and you catch them, when one of the children does something wrong and you find out and you ask them, instead of addressing themselves and what has happened, the first thing that comes is, this one did it too. You see? Even children, this one did it too. So that it gives you some form of security, a sense of security, to feel that you are not alone. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That you are not alone. But Galatians 6 and verse 5, Galatians 6 and verse 5, (laughs) the Bible says, For every man shall bear his own burden. Every man shall bear his own burden. Amen. We seem to always want to gather people with us in the things that we are doing to give us some form of confidence. Hallelujah. That what you are doing is not that bad after all. It is not too bad after all. But that is a false sense of assurance. It's a false sense of security. Amen. Bishop talks about once when they visited a friend of theirs who had backslidden. He was a strong Christian with them, but for some reason he had backslidden. And so when they went to visit him, this brother, the first thing, he says, when we got to his house, we chatted a bit and asked, how are you doing spiritually? And then he said, oh, God is good. You know, most backsliders, when you ask them, oh, God is good. God is good. Then he immediately changed the topic and then asked whether we have heard about another good friend who had backslidden in a very terrible way. He says, this brother's condition is very unfortunate. This is what the backslider said. And then he added, Have you heard about him? He has fallen into some bad company and doesn't go to church at all. Doesn't go at all. But for him, he goes to church every other Sunday. Are you listening to me? So he feels his condition is better. And sometimes when we are in a certain state or we are at a certain level spiritually, that you are a shepherd. You come to church every Sunday, you follow up people, you come for midweek services, you come for prayer meetings, you go for evangelism, and today, the only thing you are doing is coming to church every Sunday that I see you here every Sunday. You may feel that your situation is much better than all the other people who don't come, but you have backslidden. You have backslidden. Are you hearing me? So you can tell when people are trying to reassure themselves. And some of the things they say is nowadays a lot of people don't go to church. That is a saying of a backslider. Nowadays a lot of people don't go to church. 
This pandemic has made church going very difficult. He says, there are now many Christians who drink little wine or little beer with meals. You see, there are some people, when they hear that a man of God has fallen, it gives them assurance. They rejoice over that. That, oh, we are not alone. Even pastors are falling. You see, that is, is, that is a mindset of a backslider. And there are others, when they hear of a strong Christian or a man of God falling, it pricks their hearts. And it makes them go on their knees to pray for them. Because they feel that it will be a setback for many others. But the mindset of a backslider is that, oh, we are all in the same thing. Are you listening? The second attitude of a backslider, he says, I have a lot of time. Christ is not really coming soon. I have a lot of time. Christ is not really coming soon. Amen. Says one of the things unbelievers ridicule Christians a lot about is the fact that we have been saying for a long time that Jesus is coming soon. How many of you have thought about that? We have been saying it for a long time that Jesus is coming soon. And so Christians also who are backsliding also comfort themselves with having a long time to perhaps change. They feel that they have a long time to change. Amen. When you are in a state of backsliding, you think there is time for you to change. So he says, I have a lot of time. Christ is not really coming soon. We've been saying this for a while. Amen. But what most Christians forget is that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming to us again is going to be very unexpected. It is going to be very unexpected. Hallelujah. It is not the time that you expect that he's going to come. How many of you agree with me that if it was announced today that Christ is coming this evening, this place would have been filled up. How many of you, let me see by show of hands, that this place would have been filled up if we heard a voice from heaven that Christ is coming this evening. How many of you agree with me that nobody will be sleeping on their bed and joining Zoom to serve God? But Christ can come this Friday. Christ can come tonight. Christ can come any day. They say that the coming of Christ shall be like a thief. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 verse 2. It says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, 
When we will feel and say, oh, things are okay now. Everything is quiet. Peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon men, as travaileth upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. It shall come upon us like a pregnant woman who suddenly goes to labor. And a lot of times we have seen a woman who is pregnant, sometimes you are packing your things and you are going to work. And then suddenly you are in labor. You have to stop everything. For the baby must come out. And the coming of Christ, the Bible says, it shall be like that. The doctors have said, oh, you can deliver any time now. You can deliver this week. You can deliver next week. It could be two more weeks. But you don't know the day. You don't know the day. And what pregnant women do is that they prepare. They prepare for the sudden arrival of the child. They prepare their bags. They prepare themselves. Even they are going to work. They are prepared that if they say it shall be anytime soon, then I am ready anytime it comes. If they say Christ is coming anytime soon, you ought to be prepared anytime that he can come anytime. Amen. He can come anytime. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. It says, But of that day and hour, that day and hour, knoweth no man. Knoweth no man. The time is 3.30. The hour of 4.30. If that is the hour, knoweth no man. It says, On that day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Not the angels of heaven. So even if you were to have a dream and you saw an angel, and the angel told you that Christ will come next week, it's not true. Jesus says, not even the angels know. No, not man. No man. Not even the angels. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also coming of the son of man be amen it may look like a joke we have been saying it we have been saying it no one looked like a joke as he was building the ark they look upon him like a crazy man they were looking at him like a lunatic and they were marrying and giving in marriage going to their work getting on all their activities until the floods came. Amen. Attitude number three. Attitude number three. Are you listening to me? You know, some of you, you are planning that you have your wedding next year. It may never happen. It may never happen. It may never come on. 
Amen. Perhaps you have taken large amounts of school loan and you are aggressively going to school. You may never finish. Christ will come and meet you in debt. You'll be owing tuition. Amen. He says the trumpet will sound suddenly. And those of us who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb will be caught up with the Savior. And we will be with him forever. Amen. Man, it sounds like it sounds like a fairy tale. It sounds like a joke. But that is how it was in the days of Noah. They had never heard of any flood that can rise and destroy. Recently, when we had a flood, these days when it starts raining, last time it started raining, I was beginning to worry. I said, let me get home quickly before my car. You see, because we had never seen flood like that. I was in North Carolina, and when I came, and they had picked me up, and we are coming from the airport, and I saw all these cars that were packed and totaled. I've never seen anything like that before. And so not to think that God can flood the whole earth. It's insane to think that it's not possible with God. Are you listening to me? So it may sound like a fairy tale. But be persistent. Keep your faith going. Be strong. Continue to labor in the Lord. Hallelujah. Attitude number three. He says, the backslider says, there are shortcuts to everything, including going to heaven. There are shortcuts. He says the world is under the delusion that there are shortcuts to everything. There are shortcuts to everything. Unfortunately, some Christians think in the same way. They assume that there must be some form of shortcut to heaven. Since there seems to be a shortcut to almost everything we are doing now. Amen. Christians cannot escape the Christian rudiments. And go to heaven. You cannot escape the cross. Hallelujah. Jesus said we must take up our cross and follow him. Amen. There is no shortcut around the cross. You must take it up. You must take up your own cross. Andy, you have your cross and I have my cross. And everyone must take up his cross. Hallelujah. There is no shortcut around the cross. In this day and age, where there is instant coffee, instant cooker, rice cooker, instant chicken maker, instant everything, you know, we are feeling and falling into the sense that there is shortcut to everything. Are you listening to me? Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. He said, and he said to them all, to them all, if any man, say any man. Now, any man is only pastors. Is that correct? 
He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. When? Daily. Every day. Every day. There is no single day that you should not take up your cross. He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It means every challenge that will come in your life that will pose as difficulty in serving the Lord, you must rise against it. You must take up your cross daily. A new job may be a cross that you have to take up daily. A change in your schedule may be a cross that you have to take up daily. Sleepless nights may be a cross that you have to take up daily. Waking up at dawn to pray may be a cross that you have to take up daily. Daily. Daily in walking with the Lord. There's nothing like we have done this long enough. Are you listening to me? Shortcuts are dangerous. Bishop narrates a story here. He says, when I was in boarding school, I learned the hard way that shortcuts must be avoided. He says, those of them who were in junior, school, junior classes were asked to do some general scrubbing. Scrubbing in the school. Do you know what that means? When you are a junior student, you are the ones that scrub the toilets and the bathtubs. And it's, not, it's your duty. It's not punishment. So he says, I obtained an excuse duty slip from the doctor. He didn't want to do the work. So he obtained an excuse duty slip from the doctor. And it exempted me from any assigned duties for the next four days. So he happened to discuss this duty slip with a friend. And excitedly told him how I wouldn't have to do any hard work for the next four days. Then the friend came up with a great thought. Such a bright idea. He says, he suggested, why don't you write one before the four so that it makes it 14 instead of four? (laughs) So you don't have to do any work for the next two weeks. He says, as I mused over his suggestion, I thought, what a good idea. No one will notice this one. And so he went ahead and he changed the four to 14. He says, this is the first Judas that I ever met. (laughs) This friend went about and told the seniors that the duty slip that he has was actually for four days. And he put one to make it 14 days. He says, everyone pounced on me and I was charged. I tell you, I suffered greatly for that mistake. First of all, my four days of excuse were canceled. I was given the most difficult jobs to do. And then I was given extra punishment. From that time, I decided no more shortcuts in life. I realized long ago that there was no shortcut to heaven. I will have to go the hard way. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So we may think that there is a shorter way to heaven. But there is only one way to heaven. It is not through Allah. It is not through Islam. It is not through fetish. It is not through chanting or meditation. It is only by accepting the Lord Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior and be born again. That is the only way anyone can come to the Lord. Amen. So there's no shortcut. You cannot expect to have any other means to the Lord. Hallelujah. There is no shortcut. You have to perform all the things that the Lord requires of us. Hallelujah. There is no shortcut to getting to be a great Christian. There is no shortcut to pleasing the Lord. The world is what puts that in our hearts. That there are shortcuts in doing things. Hallelujah. Following Christ involves taking up the cross. Following Christ involves staying up late at night to pray. Amen. It involves staying up late at night to pray. It involves feeling sleepy and rising up and praying. You know, you may think that it is okay. The Lord accepts that. When I'm sleepy, I I don't have to pray. I have to just go to sleep. But I tell you, when Jesus was with certain people and they went for a prayer meeting in the night and he came to find them not praying but sleeping, he was shocked. He says, what? Could you not wait an hour to pray? And some of us feel that even an hour is too much. Amen. Serving the Lord involves waking up early in the morning to pray. Serving the Lord involves cutting part of your sleep hours to rise up and pray. Jesus rose up a great while before dawn. Why did he do that? Why did the Son of Man rise up early to pray? Why is it that as soon as he arrived on earth, he prayed? And you feel that it is okay not to pray? Are you listening to me? You don't agree with what I'm saying. Serving the Lord involves reading your Bible every day. Reading your Bible every day. And you saw in today's quiet time, you'll be delivered. That every day that you are reading your Bible, you are being delivered. Amen. Serving the Lord involves attending church services. Whatever cross you need to take to attend church service, you need to take that cross. It is a cross that you have to take. It is a cross that you have to carry. Traveling long distance to come to church is a cross that you have to carry. Amen. Paying tolls to come to church is a cross that you have to pay. It's, it's not like uh, it's church. Why do we have to travel so long? It's a cross that you have to carry. I see people on the highway when they are going to work. Sometimes I follow people and they are coming long distance. And they came from the exit way before you. Sometimes they, there's no snow in the area, but they have snow in their car. That means they are coming from far. 
and they come to work aggressively looking for parking. And he and is justified in his eyes. Are you listening to me? Why? Why do we have that attitude? Amen. Seven the Lord involves fasting and praying. Seven the Lord involves witnessing. Hallelujah. Taking up your cross is part of Christianity. It is not pleasure. The cross is not pleasure. When you are faced with a challenge, a difficulty in serving the Lord, it is normal. It is expected. Hallelujah. The fourth attitude of the backslider, he says, God loves me too much to punish me. God, God loves me too much to punish me. So backsliders join the world and they say, God is too good and he will never punish us. And they quote, for God so loved the world. God loved the world so much. If he gave his son to us, why would he kill us? Why would he punish us? Why would he put us in fire? And look and let us burn and not burn and die. Burn and suffer. God is too good for that. They argue that since God loves the world so much, he will not destroy them. They say, I know God will forgive me. Because of this, they add sin to sin without batting an eyelid. Sin to sin. Beloved, God's nature is like two sides of a coin. One side of the coin shows the head and the other side shows the tail. One side of God's character shows his great love and the other side shows his judgment. Hallelujah. There are two sides of God. There is a merciful side and there is a judgment side of God. We talk about a Christian sister who told of a woman who was having an affair with her best friend's husband. This woman is having an affair with her best friend's husband. And because they are two ladies who are good friends, they would often speak on the phone. They would talk on the phone. And every time this adulteress the one who is cheating on this friend, every time they talk on the phone and they hang up, they put the phone down, she will sigh and say, oh God, forgive me for what I'm doing. Oh God, forgive me for what I'm doing. Look at that. You know, and many of us have attitude like that. There is this chronic sin that we are in and we commit it. And we, oh God, forgive me for what I'm doing. Some of us, even in the midst, in the, in the middle, you are, Lord, what am I doing? Oh Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me.
Are you listening to me? Some of you, even as the person is holding you, please stop, stop, stop. Please, it's too much. Stop, 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 stop this. It's not good, though. It's not good. Oh, Lord, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me for what I'm doing. You see, we're mocking God. And that's what she was doing. He said, strangely, she still didn't stop destroying her friend's marriage. And some people feel that God will not punish them. And that is why they continue in sin. Amen. When God shows you one side of his character, you will see love, forgiveness, and mercy of the highest order. God will forgive and forget your sins. But a time will come when God will show you the other side of his nature. Hallelujah. Which is judgment, justice, fairness, equity, and jurisprudence. These are the two sides of God's nature. We are now in the dispensation of grace. God is showing you mercy and love. So think about all the wicked sins you have committed, but still receive his forgiveness. At a certain point, the spirit of the Lord will not strive with man any longer. There will be a point. Kofi, there will be a point. Amen. There will be a point. God has to judge you. Otherwise, there will be chaos in the kingdom of God. God has to judge us. God has to judge us. Otherwise, there will be chaos in the kingdom of God. Proverbs 29, 4, it says, The king by judgment established the land. The king has to judge so that the land is established. God has to judge us that there is order in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine if the Lord was to allow all these fornicators and adulterers and thieves to enter into the kingdom of God? Even the angels cannot be saved. Are you listening to me? So God has to judge us. Say amen. Amen. So don't think that God is too good to punish us or to judge us. Hebrews 12 says, it says that for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scorcheth every son whom he receiveth. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. So for you to think that God is too good is the psychology of a backslider. Tell your neighbor, change. Say, God will judge you. Point to your neighbor and say, God will judge you. Amen. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. You have the New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. Hebrews chapter 10. It says, for, verse 26, it says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Verse 27. It says, There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire 
that will consume his enemies. So his enemies, the, the Satan and his cohorts, that raging fire, that same fire is what to be prepared for you. It says, the next verse, 20, it says, For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. No mercy. When the judgment comes, there's no mercy. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trembled on the Son of God. Born again Christian. You have received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you are trampling, trampling on the Son of God. He says, and God has treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Wow. He says, for we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Wow. Say wow. Isn't that frightening? Comfort. Isn't that frightening? And the last attitude for the day. The attitude number five. He says, I have more time. I'm not going to die soon. I have more time. I am not going to die soon. I have more time. I'm not going to die soon. You see, young people don't think of death. When people are young and they are healthy, they do not think of death. But I have seen young people die every day. Young people dying. When people are healthy, they don't think of death. Amen. When people are healthy, they don't think of death. But those of you who work in hospitals, you will read every day. That this is a 32-year-old woman with no past medical history. With sudden headache. And now she's comatose. She's in coma. And she's not going to wake up again. And she's declared brain dead. That shall never be your story. I said that shall never be your story. Amen. But young people die. And old people die. Amen. Jesus told of a story about a rich man. He may have been a very young and healthy man. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Look at that. He said, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Then he said, This will I do. I will pull down my bands and build greater, and I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. You see, this is what we think today. 
When you have enough to pay for your rent and to pay for your car and to pay for your school loans and to pay for this and to pay for tuition and to pay for that, the rest, you want to put it in an investment. You say, I have enough to take care of my bills. Let me put the rest in investment. We open another bank account and another one. He says, so he says, and I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Enjoy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And this is what we do. This is what we call retirement plan. And then I will retire early retirement. And I will say, I will sit and enjoy. And I'll be traveling. I'll be going places. And God said unto him, Thou fool, thou fool. Such thinking, the Bible calls it foolish thinking. It says, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. This night. Say, This night. This night. He says, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he. Say, So is he. Say, So is he. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself. And it's not rich toward God. Do you understand what that means? You don't understand it. Read the verse before. Read the verse before. It says, but God said unto him, thou fool, thou fool. And then the next verse says, so is he. That means, so are you also foolish. If you lay up treasure for yourself and you do not think towards God. You are not rich towards God. You have nothing towards God. You don't do any work for the house of God. You don't do anything for God. You work and work and work. Every overtime you sign up. Every overtime you sign up. You fight on the schedule every time. I've seen people who are always fighting for extra time always fighting they come the first thing they look for the schedule for the slots to fail and when you do that and you don't think you don't have any wealth towards God God says that's a foolish thinking that is foolish thinking amen says, I wrote this book at a time when the whole world shook at the news of the death of Princess Diana and her millionaire companion. No one in his wildest imagination would have thought that someone so young, so charming, and so beautiful could be taken off the face of the earth so suddenly. You know, that was one death that shook the whole world. Because, you see, there are certain type of people that no one associates death with. 
Isn't that so? Yeah. You see, you know that no sickness can kill such a person. But the Lord said to this rich man that could afford to buy any form of insurance, any kind of insurance, he says, tonight your soul will be required of thee. So the key here is preparation and readiness. The Bible warns us that because we don't know the day or the hour Christ will come, we must be ready all the time. We must be ready all the time. It says, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. Amos 4 and verse 2. Hallelujah. Prepare to meet thy God. Hallelujah. You never know when the Lord will call you up for a meeting. You see, if the Lord were to give anyone a vision, anyone a vision, a glimpse of the next few days of your life, you'll be sitting here. But you don't need that. God is saying be prepared every day of your life. Be prepared. Amen. Tell your neighbor, be prepared. Be prepared. Every day of your life. See, there are three times in your life when people will gather to honor you. They gather when you are born and christened. Then they gather when you are getting married. And finally, they will definitely also gather for you when you die. Somebody might contend that he or she is too young to die. But to go to the mortuary and you find or you discover that even little babies die. Little babies die. Although they are little, they are tiny, little babies die. Dear Christian friend, do not put off your godly obligations because you think you are still young and there is more time. You never know when God will summon you to account for your life. Amos 4.12 Thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Why don't you pray for a moment and look at the state where you are and see where you were before in relation to the Lord and ask God for forgiveness and say, you could have done more. You could have gone far. You could have gone, you could have gone further from where you are today. You could have gone further. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We are withheld from you. Our strength, our minds, our hearts. Forgive us. We have not sought for you with all of our hearts. Forgive us. We have hidden behind excuses of pandemic. And Lord, we are backsliding. Deliver us from our current state. Deliver us, Lord. Deliver us. May we not be held down by the enemy. 
We come out this afternoon. We come out. We arise and we overcome the spirit of backsliding. In the name of Jesus, we are moving forward with the spirit. And Lord, we say we avail ourselves. Take us where you have desired for us. Take us where you have destined for us. Lead us, Spirit of God. Lead us and take us. Oh Lord Jesus. We are falling short. We are falling short. We are backsliding. We are in a state of backsliding. We have become like a bride who has forgotten her attire. Oh Lord, deliver us. Deliver us. We have become like a wild camel. We have become like a wild donkey. Deliver us, Lord, from this state of backsliding. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful for your word this afternoon. We thank you, Lord. For drawing our minds to this state where we are today. And Lord, we ask, give us of your spirit. Strengthen us, Lord, to rise again, to rise again, to overcome this current state of backsliding. Deliver us, Lord. Deliver us. For he said, it shall be required of us that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Lord, when we stand before you, let it be said of us, well done, thou faithful, good, and a faithful servant. Lord, not just good servants, but that we have been faithful in our walk with you. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are listening to me this afternoon. You feel that this message has revealed to you how far you are falling from the Lord. You feel that you are not at the same level or you have not moved forward. And this afternoon, you feel that where you are currently, it is a state of backsliding. If that is you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. For a song in itself. If there's it's anyone here like that, you feel you that you are backsliding. In a sense that you are not where you ought to be today. You are not at the level that you know you could have been. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Anyone here like that, I want to pray with you. Look upon these hands, Lord. Lift up your hand, you want to pray and say, Lord, I am not where I ought to be. I could have gone further. I could have been further than where I am today. If that is so, Lord, look upon these hands. They have failed themselves, Lord. They say, look upon their weaknesses. Father, the flesh has held us down. And this afternoon, Lord, we yield to your spirit. Holy Spirit, take us. Lord, fill us with your spirit. The great advocate. The enabler. Oh Lord Jesus, give us your Holy Spirit. The enabler. To enable us, Lord, to move with you. For the Lord, your God, your word says, the spirit of the Lord moved upon the surface of the earth. Lord, your spirit moved. 
Let your spirit move with us. May we not lack behind. May we not stay behind. But Lord, may we move with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Deliver us from every stronghold that has held us down. Anything that has held us down, that has held us back. This afternoon, Lord, we break through. We break loose. We set ourselves free from this stronghold. In the name of Jesus, we are rising up once again and moving with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for your strength through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Now, before we sit down, I want to give anyone who is here an opportunity. You want to give your life to Christ. You are not born again, but you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If that is you, you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. You want to receive Jesus as your Savior. You want to be born again. You are listening to us online on Zoom. You are here with us. I want you to lift up your right hand. Wherever you are, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. If there's anyone like that, lift up your hand and repeat this prayer with me. You are online and you want to give your life to Christ. Lift up your hand and repeat this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe with my heart. I believe in my heart. That you are the son of God. That you are the son of God. That you died for my sins. That you died for my sins. That you rose again on the third day. That you rose again on the third day. This afternoon. This afternoon. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. have been blessed with this powerful message come and worship with us on the zoom platform with id number 823-299-84436 every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time god richly bless you